Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Resilient Sound of the Rocks podcast. I'm your host, Stevie G. This podcast is primarily geared to provide listeners with tangible concepts that they can relate to, as well as using their personal lives. Each episode is unique as we bring down-to-earth guests with many perspectives and practical advice. It's for anyone that needs that nudge to push through life and align with their passions. We hope that you are able to enjoy each episode just as much as we do. Feel free to follow us on all social media platforms and share this podcast with someone you know, because we all have our successes and failures, but getting through the storm is the most rewarding. So for now, sit back and pour yourself a glass of resilience on the rocks. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Resilience on the Rocks. As always, I'm your host, Stevie G, and with me today, I have Victor Montanez. He's a great mentor and a friend, close friend to me. So before I steal his thunder, go ahead, Victor, tell everybody who you are. Hey, what's up, Stevie G? No, for, <laughs> for me, I know I know that, that everybody's been calling you Stevie G, so I'm just going to run with Stevie G. So um, I've been, uh, you know... 23 years in the Marine Corps, you know, that's how we met. And, you know, having been married 15 of those years, five kids now, uh, you know, you recently saw my son, you know, oh, yeah. was born two months ago. So four daughters, and now we have our son um, just re-enlisted for another three years. So I'm on the move uh, back to the West Coast, heading over to Phoenix, Arizona. So looking forward to see what God has planned for me here in uh when I get to Phoenix. Oh yeah. Outstanding. Great. I would say congrats again. I mean, I see the little boy on Facebook all the time. So congrats. I thought you would only have a, a platoon full of little girls running around, but finally you got your boy, right? So, so that's yeah. awesome. Uh, but I want to take a step back, bring me way back. I want to know more about who is Victor, where are you from and how did you come to who you are today? Well, I grew up in a small area, Calexico, California, small town. Um, you know, east of San Diego. And, you know, that was where I was born and raised. You know, now now nobody could be born there. There's no more hospital there. Oh, wow. So the city the city's kind of deprived now. But uh yeah, at the time I was born there. So I'm I'm kind of one of the OGs that, that can say they were born in Calexico. Um but at 17, you know, fast forward, I, I ended up joining the Marine Corps and you know having had a, a grandfather who served in the army during you know, the wartime, having my sister who had joined the Navy previously. And believe it or not, I was going to join the Navy. That's, mm. That was my goal. When I graduated high school, I was going straight up, going to the Navy. And then that Marine Corps recruiter, uh, at the time, I didn't know uh, of a, what an 8412 was. And uh, the guy that came in was an 8412, Gunny. And uh, he came in and gave a career talk. And man, that moved me. And I was just like, that's what I want. I want to do that. So my sister was a little upset, you know, she's still in the Navy today. She's been in a little bit longer than I have. So she's a oh, wow. command master chief. And, um, you know, for me, it was just like, man, it was that transformation, the life changing, you know, I went to my first pool event, uh, we, you know, the workouts 
And I was just, man, this is this is where I need to be. So joined right out of high school and, you know, from a small town, you know, been traveling from, you know, been stationed in Camp Pendleton in California, been up in Oregon, been up in Washington, been in Virginia. Um, I was counting the the PCS moves the, the other day and I've probably PCS about 10 times oh, uh, over the last seven, eight years. That's yeah. too much. <laughs> you ready to settle down soon? Because I saw you signed up for... Another what four years, right? So, I mean, do you plan to yeah make three big years moves after that? Yeah, so three years, and you know we're going to Phoenix, going back to the West Coast. I'll be closer to family, and uh, you know take it one day at a time and and see what uh, what happens. For sure, for sure, awesome. Well, me and you had plenty of conversations in the past when we worked together in the Marines on recruiting duty. Uh, I do remember conversations, the topic that we constantly talked about was adversity. So today I really want to speak about adversity. So I'll start off with this. Give me your definition of adversity. Oh, wow. Um, I think adversity is trials, tribulations. I think it's setbacks. I think it's times when we fall. Um I think it's things when you plan on you're going in one direction and then all of a sudden life's just for whatever reason, some of it's could be self-inflicted. Some of it could not even be, you know, self-inflicted, something that just randomly happens to you, but it's something that uh, is definitely going to bring out a different side of you. I almost look at it as adversity is almost like a recall, you know, like, Hey, your vehicle gets, you get something in the mail, a recall letter, and you got to bring it in. Um, you know, I, you know, me as a believer in God, I think about God doing that in our lives, hitting the reset button or restart, or, you know, there's some type of comeback. There's some maturity level. There's something there that he's trying to teach us. Um, I look at computers, iPhones, right? They need updates at times so they can run a little bit better. There's things that are causing bugs and things that are happening. So you need to update that. You need to, you know, restart it and uh, start fresh. So I think it's a good thing. I think adversity really brings out some better version of ourselves. I love that. The way you put that. I mean, as you were saying, it definitely hit me right in the, in the fields. You're saying an up, an update, an upgrade, something you're going to go through it. However, the outcome is going to be, hey, we fixed the bugs here and there. So I love that. I love that you put it that way. So straight from the internet off yeah. of, you know, the Google, it's it says a uh, state or instance of serious or continued difficulty uh, or misfortunes. So that's exactly what you're saying. Uh, whether it's good or bad, whether it's planned or not planned, when I feel, in my opinion, I feel like it's never planned. Uh, but a lot of times you're yeah. going to come across these events or these obstacles in your way that's stopping you from your goals or where you want to go. And from there, adversity that's where you got to start deciding how you're going to uh, uh, approach things. So with that being said, uh, how do you approach adversity? Or how about this? We'll start with this. Tell me about a time that you had uh, to deal with some adversity. Oh, um, let's let's go back. And this is a story that a lot of people don't know about me. It's a story where, you know, a lot of people kind of see me right now in the present time and they kind of see like, oh, you know, you know, I could see that he's a man of faith. He's a family man. Uh, but I will tell you that in my early younger years, uh, that wasn't the case. And um, the biggest adversity that I had was while I was in the Marine Corps. It was, I was about three, four years in. Um, I had my career all good, great. I mean, you you couldn't have written a better script for me. I got meritoriously promoted 
to the rank of sergeant. I was 20 years old. I just recently come back from a deployment. Life was great. I had re-enlisted. I got orders to recruiter school. This is in 2004. So I'm getting ready to go to recruiter school. Moved out of my place. I was living in Marietta. I was getting ready to transition. And all of a sudden, boom, life, life just hit me hard. And, and something I wasn't expecting I, I ended up playing a soccer game. It was the Marine Corps versus the Navy. We were there on the main side, 13 area field, right next to Pace Fieldhouse. And I ended up getting uh, an injury. Uh, I broke my tibula fibula in the game. And those who didn't see it happen, heard it. Oh, wow. So it's uh, like two football players just colliding. And I broke my leg. And I remember when I hit the ground and I looked up, I was like, why God? I just, you know, I wasn't serving God at all. I wasn't walking in any type of faith. I wasn't going to church. But I remember thinking like, you know, everything happens for a reason. And I believe God created each one of us. And I know that he's leading us. But I looked up and I said, why God? And I remember heading over to the hospital. And with this injury, now my career's on hold. You know, I'm fast forward, you know, six months into the injury. I'm still not getting better. They want to give me surgery. And I'm like, nah, I'm not getting any surgery. I'm not going to put no rods or metal plates or screws. I'm just going to let it heal on its own. And um, it wasn't getting any better. Uh, the doctor kept recommending surgery. And so finally, uh, you know, the, my stubbornness or what happened the night prior or the day prior that I finally decided, I actually came to grips and uh, came to peace with God. So I was sitting in my aunt's living room because at this time, like I said, I had moved out of my place and my aunt was taking care of me. Luckily, I had a family member nearby and I was I was living in the bottom floor because I couldn't move. Yeah. And I remember I remember seeing a TV. I was watching TV and it was a it was a preacher and he was talking about running from God and things like, you know, wrestling with God and you know, giving your life to Jesus Christ and God. And I remember kind of feeling a presence that I've never felt. And I remember praying. I just prayed. I said, God, I've been running from you. I've been living my own way. And please, you know, I'm going to get surgery. Please be with my surgeon. And from this point forward, I want to follow you. I want to live for you. And I want to dedicate and surrender my life to you. And the next day when I went in for surgery, a miracle happened. I, I went in. They took my cast off. They were getting ready to cut into me. And then the doctor is feeling around and he's like, Hey man, I need to take you in for another x-ray. Cause you know, you should be in a lot of pain right now mm. and I don't see you in pain. So they gave me another x-ray and my, my, my right leg, which I had broke my tip fib compound fracture was, was healed. Yeah. I took a callus and you know, I remember I was just tearing up because I knew that God had answered my prayer. And so I didn't need to get surgery. My, you know, from that point over, I got discharged. They gave me a boot. And from that point forward, I was reading my Bible, going to church with my cousins. Um, and my, my, my recovery went way quicker. It went, it sped up. And I ended up uh, going back to recruiter school in 2005. But I remember at the time I felt like giving up. You know, I felt like quitting. I felt I was on a PEB board. Uh, for those who don't know what a PEB is, it's basically it's a medical evaluation board that's going to determine whether you continue in your service or not. And once you get two of those types of uh, evaluation boards, um, you're basically, you know, either having to get out of the Marine Corps on, on a medical 
either retirement or medical discharge. So that that that's where my career was heading to at the time. And, and it couldn't, I mean, it was the worst time it could happen. You know, I was on my way. I was excited about going to recruiter school in 2004 and just life hit me unexpectedly. Oh, man. So at this point, before all this happened, you know, your career in the Marines is going great. You're, like you said, you're miraculously promoted. You're, you're playing sports. You're getting ready for the next step. You're getting ready to go on SDA. And then this happens. So you break your leg and then you're in that, that limbo of what's going to happen next. So with the types of adversity, right? So there's physical, mental, emotional, social, spiritual. I go on and on. But which one of those adversities were really hitting you throughout this time? I mean, everything, everything, because, you know, I, I, you know, I got to back up a little bit too. You know, at the time I had gone through a bad breakup too. Mm. So I was in a, I was in a relationship. I was living with somebody. Like I said, I, you know, we weren't married, you know, just living the way, you know, a uh, young Marine lives. And, um, and I was partying, I was doing all the things that, you know, 22, 23 year old oh, yeah. just, just goes out and lives life. Right. And, and my girlfriend left me, you know, there was some betrayal there. So at that point I was hit hard with that. You know, I was coping with sports, you know, for some that, that don't know me, I was actually coping with drinking too, you know? Um, so I was drinking, I was coping with sports and I was excited for a new beginning going to recruiting duty. And so for me, that was what I was looking for. So between the emotions, physical, not being able to move, like my aunt had to like bathe me, like it was embarrassing. You know, not being able to walk, not being able to go to the mall, not being able to jump in my car. Uh, then I would have friends come over to visit me, and they, some of them weren't that uh, encouraging. You know, some of them were like, "Hey, man, you look, you look bad." You know, like Marines do, like no filter. Like, you look skinny, you've lost muscle. Your my uh, my leg was getting atrophy because you know I already have small legs. You know, <laughs> and, uh, and and believe it or not, my legs got even smaller. That right leg. So I mean. I was in a full depressed mode, you know, depression set in. Um, I didn't, I felt like, man, this is it. You know, where's my life going to go from here? You know, I'm not getting better. And, um, but years, I mean, I would say one year prior to that. Um, and this is why I say I was running from God one year prior to that. Um, what people don't know about the story was that I had gone to a funeral. So in 2003, I'd come back from deployment and a Marine, and my hometown got killed. He got killed in Iraq, and it was the first Marine in our hometown that got killed. So for me, I never knew the Marine, never met the Marine. Yeah. Uh, but I decided I was going to go honor him, and we went to this church. It was a Christian church in uh, El Centro, and the church was huge. It was packed. It was like you know one of those Catholic cathedral-style churches with balcony and everything, and it was standing room only. And I remember sitting in the back of the of the of the balcony, and I remember the pastor giving his message and. You know, he said, hey, you know, we could have assurance that the Marine, Lance Corporal Cherry, his name was Marcus Cherry, still remember his name. He's in heaven because he's uh, accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, and he's in heaven today. And I remember that kind of impacted me because I had never heard that before. I had never heard that type of message. You know, I thought I was good. You know, uh, the Marine Corps ham says that Marines are going <laughs> to go to heaven, right? We're going to guard heaven's gates. But I always thought, man, if anybody deserves to go to heaven, it's me. You know, I've done all these great things in my life. I just came back from deployment. I've never done anything to my, you know, point that I've been a bad or evil person. But I remember wrestling with that message 
and he had given an invitation saying, hey, you know, if you would like to um, have assurance that you would go to heaven, come up to the front and we're going to pray for you so you can receive Christ into your life. And I remember I struggled with that. I, I did want to go up, but I was just like, nah, I don't, I don't really trust this. I don't really know too much about it. Uh, but I remember the seed that was planted from that point forward, there are so many things that were happening. And the culminating point was that, that, that hit that I took. And I remember looking up and I remember like, oh, okay, you got my attention now. You know, so at, at, at that point, to answer your question, I was going through everything that you could think of to get hit with um, was happening, right? So my life was going in one direction. And from that moment, it just things and situations from being left by my, my girlfriend that was, I was living with that I thought we were, you know, at the time we we're going to be serious and, and end up getting married and things like that. But no, I mean, everything, my life just took a, a radical change. Exactly. So it sounds like, you know, <laughs> life's going, life's ha life is happening at that point, right? Everything that could go wrong is going wrong. Things are unexpected. And I could only imagine you probably thinking like, oh man, I'm about to go off the rails. So with that, you find your relationship yep. with God. Like it really starts right there. The seed is planted and you start, uh, I guess, building upon that. Now, what does that cause you to do? Like physically, mentally, like what are you doing differently after you start building that? So from, from that point, you know, I, my cousin who I was living with my aunt, remember I mentioned, and you talk about adversity. I look up to this guy so much, um, you know, just to share his story. I mean, he at 18 was doing 20 years of life in prison mm. at 18 years old. Uh, and I remember my, my aunt and uncle raised like great kids and we never saw that coming, but somebody approached his house, tried to shoot him. He grabbed my uncle's gun in self-defense and shot through the window, ended up killing the, a gang member. He wasn't a gang member. He wasn't none of that. He was just defending himself because he had got attacked the day prior by a gang member. And he just, he ended up uh, shooting this guy and he ended up doing 20 years of life. Luckily, you know, he got parole uh, halfway through the sentence. But I remember looking up to him and, and then what he went through in prison. And I remember having conversations. So he had been sharing with me, but like I said, I was, it took what happened to me to really get serious with it. And I remember him saying, hey, come to my church, come to Bible study, come, there's groups of men. And from that point over, I kind of, you know, partnered with him and, and hung onto him. And I started going to the churches there in Temecula. Uh, and I never looked back. You know, I, I was listening to Christian radio, uh, Christian music, my music uh, genre started changing a little bit. I started let going things that I used to do, like the drinking, the partying, the going out to the clubs. Uh, I remember just being focused and, and reading the Bible. I remember just saying, you know what, I'm just going to surround myself. And uh, what's funny is that I was the guy that used to make fun of those guys. I remember being a corporal and, uh, you know, we've all known those Christian Marines in the unit and they go to Bible study, they do things. And I remember them uh, always inviting me like, nah, man, I ain't no. Bible thumper. I ain't no, you know, holy roller like you, man. I, you know, I'm living my life. Um, and they would, and I remember there's diff, something different about them. And, and when that happened to me and I started doing that, I'm all like, you know what, I'm going to call Corporal Ramirez, right? Uh, and I'm going to apologize to him for always making fun of him. And I remember calling him, he was already out of the Marine Corps. He's out in Texas. And uh, he remember, I remember him, like he was going through his own adversity. So when I called him and I told him what, what had happened and, you know, I'm serving God to him, he told me like, man, 
this could this phone call couldn't have come at a better time. I was actually losing my faith. Oh man. And and your call saying that where you're at now, because everybody knows the old me. Now there's a change and they're all like, man, if, if God could change this guy, man, he, you know, he really can change anybody. Yeah. But, um, you know, that, you know, so everything that I started doing, I started thinking, started, things started happening. It didn't happen just overnight. It's been a process. You know, I've been since 2004, you know, 2023, it, it's not been an easy road. Um, I'm not perfect by no means. I make mistakes. Um, um, so I don't sit here and say, Hey, I stand from a point of, you know, that I'm better than anybody. I'm not better than nobody. Uh, I'm just somebody that knows that I'm, I'm messed up and I need to continue to pursue God, be disciplined in, in my walk. And, and hopefully, you know, while I'm walking, I'm able to encourage others that are dealing with some type of adversity or, or things of that nature where I can encourage them and say, Hey, you know, this is how I dealt with it. And it's been a life changing my endless story, the life that you see now wasn't the life that I had in the beginning, but because of these changes, this is what God has blessed me with now. That's funny because from the outside looking in, when I first met you, that's, that's exactly <laughs> what I saw. I saw the cover of, of Victor and I was like, okay, well, this is who he is. He's probably never went through it before, not knowing the, the what was in the past. And I, just to take a huge step back, I remember when I when I first uh, joined the Marine Corps, I mean, I grew up in a, in a Christian household. I did go to church. I believe in God. However, as I joined the Marine Corps, I definitely pulled away from that. And throughout my time, I never stopped believing God. I just didn't do the practices as I should uh, from when I was growing up. And I remember seeing those Christian Marines and and me and my buddies just, you know, exactly like you said, busting chops. Like, oh, you know, Jesus freak over here. Well, we're, we're going to go have brunch yep. and go drink some mimosas while you go to church. See you later, bro. And we will bust his chops. Yep. It's funny because of not knowing, you know, what that person is going through and, and they're utilizing, you know, spiritual guidance to get through what they're going. I actually just linked up with one of these guys recently and he's doing great and he's still following God. And I'm like, man, I used to bust this guy's chops and I probably should have been a little yeah. bit nicer to him. <laughs> but uh, it, it's just wild how the, how the turntables, right? So, but going yeah. back to it. So you're able to spiritually, uh, you start getting through the adversity, which ties into everything else you're doing, the the habits you're doing, the day-to-day the, the -day lifestyle you're living. Now, I feel, in my opinion, most people, as soon as adversity hits them, it's it's fight or flight, right? So a lot of people are going to go into this yeah. mindset like, oh, woe is me. This just happened to me. My life sucks. I don't have control of this. Uh, I'm just going to go down this rabbit hole. And it, it's real easy to do that, I think. Uh, so what, yep. I guess, what advice or what approach do you take? So when you do see more adversity come your way, what do you start with? So, you know, what? one of the things that I'm encouraged by is they're like I said, the, the adversity is going to come. It's it's going to happen. It's not a question of if, but when. And especially uh, if you decide to follow God. So it's not a, all sunshine and rainbows. Like things just don't just fix itself. In fact, you're probably going to get more adversity because you're really in opposition of the culture. Mm -hmm. But the reality is that I'm encouraged by the stories that I read. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the story of Job in the Bible. Uh, I encourage those. If you want to look at somebody who went through adversity, you got a guy who was not doing anything wrong at all to deserve whatever happened to him. But it was just a story where there's a conversation that was had in heaven about the devil going back and front, you know, from um, the earth to heaven and, you know, roaming the earth. And he tells God, like, you know, hey, you know, you got this guy, Job, and you protected him and you shielded him. But I bet if I take away all his things, I bet uh, you he's going to curse you. And God says, 
fine. You can you can do whatever you want to Job. Just don't kill him. Just don't touch mm-hmm. his life. And so you got a story of a guy named Job who right away, boom, the devil goes, kills, basically destroys his family, uh, kills his kids. Uh, he's he's all the stuff that you talked about, adversity, the emotional, he gets a disease, he gets boils. Um, all his riches are, are gone, uh, plenished. I mean, they destroy his the farm, the cattle. I mean, all the areas that you can get hit with adversity, Job got hit. Um, so when you read the story, and um, you know, I won't I won't go too much in depth. You see a guy who, who is now wrestling, and at the time he's got friends that are coming over trying to give him advice. So that story you could resonate because it just depends on what your crowd is, right? Who's in the who's in your inner circle that's going to come to you, right? Are they good? What kind of advice? Or some of them were even telling him, man, you must have done something bad, Job, to deserve this. Like hmm. you must have, you know, done something to God and He's punishing you. And, and if you read the story, like I said, it was never a punishment. In fact, God was saying how proud he was of Job to the devil. And it was just him admonishing him, his servant, like, man, this, this guy is a righteous man. He serves me. So it was never to punish him. Uh, but yeah, that story was one of the stories where I see, and it was early in the, in the history of the Bible, where I believe God gave us that story because you're not being punished sometimes. Like people sometimes think why, you know, we always like to blame God, right? For everything, everything that happens. Like me, when I fell, I was just like, why? <laughs> you know, um, even even like, you know, like bad earthquakes, tornadoes, we call them acts of God, right? Um, but we just live in a fallen world, right? There's good and evil. And sometimes we're going to deal with adversity and it's not our fault. It's nothing that we deserve. It's just something that happens. And when you read the story, how he gets through it and how he, like, it was a learning point for Job as well. Um, everything is given back to him. So in the end of the story, so, uh, but the reason, you know, I bring that up is because, you know, adversity is going to come and, you know, you got to look at who's, who's, where you're getting your advice from, where you, who's in your inner circle. And, um, and those things make a big difference to help you get through the adversity. But just know that, you know, when we fail, the word fail, I think you probably heard it. It says first attempt in learning, right? When you fall, you fall forward. Um, so uh, I like a proverb that says a just a righteous man shall fall seven times, but get back up on his eighth time. You know, um, so to me, those are things that encourage me like, hey, life, you know, success doesn't come just overnight. It comes through failure, through attempts. But if you're falling forward and you're learning from those and you're learning those lessons, it's not really failure. Um, but if you continue in that those habits, you know, that's that's yes. keeping you from doing the right thing. Then at that point, then, hey, that's self-inflicted wounds right there. Exactly. I feel like if you're afraid to take a risk or if you're afraid to fail, then you're never going to reach the level of success that you're looking for. I forgot the exact way. My wife has this awesome uh, quote. She, I put it on my LinkedIn, actually. But I forget how it goes. But it's something like that. Like, don't be afraid of failure because then you're going to be afraid succeed or something like that that's wild uh but going off what you yep. said uh having the, the the right network the right people being in the right circle is yes i think is one of the most important things for example uh you know the last year year and a half has been has been a uh, quite a ride for me but i would say the people that i had in my circle without them yep. i probably couldn't have kept the you know my mind on the prize like talking to you talking to like some close friends yep. that hopefully i get them on the podcast soon but talking to them Push me through this. Yep. I wouldn't be able to, you know, start recording again with this podcast without those people letting me know, like, hey, you know, 
you have your mind on the prize and we're with you. It's going to happen. And and that's the, that's the biggest thing. Because like you said, it's not, it, it, is it going to happen? It's when it's going to happen. When are those hard times coming? Because they're coming. They're always coming. I'm, I'm constantly coming. going through. Even if you're on the upside, you're like, oh, well, I made it through this and I made it through this. But guess what? <laughs> uh, you have this, you know, you're walking down this path and maybe you're in the best shape of your life. But if this, this boulder comes and goes in the middle of your path, I don't care if you're strong or not. What if you can't move that boulder? Maybe it's part of the plan to go around that boulder yeah. or maybe it's part of the plan to flip that boulder. I don't know. But you have to be ready to take it on. And I think that's the biggest thing. So Okay. Yeah. So would, would you say, uh, do you know how to teach somebody how to overcome adversity? Um, I think we all, you know, and, and this was great about your podcast, right? We all have a story. We all have a story to tell. And I think there's going to be people that are going to resonate with me and be like, hey, yeah, I think, you know, this guy, you know, I can I can learn from this guy. Right. Uh, but I think there's other people that are going to be like, eh, you know, that's not my cup of tea, you know. And so you're going to have so many people in your life come through. Right. And I, I always say this. It takes a village. Right. It takes a village to raise somebody. And so for me is being open to um, people of diverse thinking, right? So if I teach somebody, one, they got to be teachable. One, they got to be coachable. One, they want, hey, they're going to, hopefully they get drawn to me. And that way I'm not, I don't want to force anything on, on anybody. So I've recently had a couple of my peers, not only peers, a couple of Marines I've served with that have reached out to me and said, hey man, uh, can you mentor me? Hey, can you, I see how your walk is and and, uh, and I appreciate you take a, a, a time. And so yeah, currently I'm mentoring about four different people right now. And I think, um, you know, I pray all the time for God to allow me opportunities that I can teach and mentor and coach who's ever willing to listen, who's ever willing to be teachable. Because I think a lot of times, like we as, you know, people, human, but you already know as Marines, we have an ego and we don't right. want to ask for help. And we don't want to reach out to somebody and say, hey, man, I'm struggling in this area. Can you help me? Right. So, I think that's the first step is acknowledging, hey, you have a problem. Now, who can I go to? Who can I resonate with? Who can resonate with my story and align with my story that can help me get through that? So I, um, and, and and you saw this recently, I, I went to this program, Mighty Oaks. Yeah. And for any veterans listening to your podcast, it's open to any veteran. Now, not only Marines, it's any veteran and first responder. And it's a program that Chad Robichaud, if, you, if anybody's familiar with him, he's all over you know, the internet, the news, social media. He developed a, a program for people to get help. And when I went through that week, man, it, it really brought me back to that baseline that I needed to get to. You know, Recently, I dealt with some other adversity, and maybe that, that would be a, a whole show in itself in a oh, separate yeah. podcast. But it, it, um, that week that I was there covered some of the blind spots that I had. Like I said, I've been doing this serving God for 20 years. And I still have blind spots. I still had things that I saw that, man, I'm not doing things correctly. There's things that I need to clean up. There's disciplines that I need to get better at. Um, so, you know, the Mighty Oaks program to, to answer your question, it was a program that taught me, you know, so I need to be also looking to programs, resources to get taught. And then I can go in just like leadership, right? You're a good follower. Now you can lead, right? So I'm willing to, uh, to teach and, and be open to share these resources uh, with everybody. So to, to answer your question, like, I believe that it's our duty and responsibility that when you've been through something, you have a story that you need to tell that story and you need that story might impact somebody. So 
with your podcast, you're going to have so many people, so many stories, and there's going to be people that are going to resonate with some of those stories. Oh, yeah. At some point. I mean, I'm definitely learning from everyone I sit down and talk to. I'm learning about myself as I sit down and talk to these individuals. <laughs> but I would say uh, going back to it, it's like when you mentioned uh, leadership and, me and mentorship, like in the Marine Corps, you remember when they first came out with the program, it was like the, we have the mentorship program, but yet every <laughs> Marine is a leader. And when I was first coming up, I want to say like 21 years old, I thought they were the same thing. In my head, I was like, well, a mentor is a leader and a leader is a mentor. There's no difference. But what teaching, you know, Marines and, and, you know, outside of the Marines, how to be a good leader to accomplish the mission. But the mentor piece is, <clears throat> I feel like it's all internal. Like, hey, how to how to be a better person, how to be a better man, husband, wife, you name it. And we're not covering those things. So when, like you said, if someone feels comfortable and they're able to, one, do the hard part of saying, hey, this is what's wrong with me. I'm going to reach out to this person because I look up to them. I think, one, that's the hardest part, realizing you have an issue. But two is actually coming out to speak to people. The fact that you said Marines never ask for help. It's true. We don't go to medical because we don't want to look weak. We don't ask for help because we don't want to look weak. And it's, it's, it's a terrible thing for you know a man, a Marine, anyone, because you have to be able to open your mouth and say, hey, this is what's wrong with me. I acknowledge it. How can you help me go through it? And being able to, to actually, I guess, comprehend what someone's reaching out to you and telling you that sometimes it's hard to give the advice if you don't have you know, you don't have tools in your toolbox or you've never been through that experience. But I think as you go through multiple occasions of adversity, it's building it up so you can help people get through the storm. Uh, and I went through my storm recently. And now as I find people with the exact same story as me, we're similar. I'm able to look at them and put my hand on the shoulder like it's going to be OK, because you talked to me a year ago. I thought I was going to lose my mind. And now I'm slowly getting better and I'm moving forward with my life. And I can't complain just to 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 give my story to other people as as I will uh, Hopefully soon I'll give my story out, but I have not put it on the podcast yet. But as, as I do that, I, I hope to reach others and I hope to give others the inspiration to continue to mentor and be there for people. Because like we said, everyone's going through that adversity, right? Yep. Oh, man. I was on a rant. I have, I have coffee in my system. I haven't been talking like that in a while. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. Yeah, no, it's good. Okay, awesome. So let's see. I know where you're going now. You're going to Phoenix for the next two years. Maybe you retire. Maybe you don't. Maybe you stay in for another 10. We'll see. But I want to say, if you were to get out the Marine Corps in the next three years, what would be some of the things you want to do after that? Like, would you want to keep working? Do you have any goals? Anything like that? Oh, yeah, for sure. So, you know, being in the Marine Corps, you know, you're limited on certain areas you could travel, right? So Mexico being one of them. Yeah, you could go to Mexico, but you got to go through all the red tape and get all those things, right? So um, I've only been to Mexico one time um, since I've been in the Marine Corps. And I used to live right on the border, right? So me and my wife have you know, talked about like, hey, let's go travel to Mexico. Let's go certain uh, overseas and certain places that we've never traveled to, right? So you have so many resources once you, know, you retire from the Marine Corps that you go space A travel flights, right? Just get on a plane. If there's a flight to go into Italy or anywhere in the world, boom, you can jump on that flight and uh, and fly there, you know, at no cost. So I want to go travel the world. Uh, you know, you know, you see me. I travel a lot within the within the continental United States. We oh, do yeah. a lot of trips, but I definitely want to go outside the U.S. Right? I want to go to Israel. I want to go walk, you know, in some of these areas where there's a lot of history, oh, yeah. uh, where Jesus walked and things of that. So. You know, I really want to travel the world, want to uh, go out and, and, and hopefully I could get a job like you where you kind of work remote, you know, and, and you go here and there and you you, you work your own schedule. And, awesome. and I see that <laughs> you spending a lot of great family time. 
So I want a job, you know, a career that's going to give me that work-life balance where I can just, hey, maybe I can work from, from my computer and, and be, you know, sipping some coffee in Spain or, you know, yes. be, you know, in, in Cancun and Cabo and, and be able to balance that work-life balance. So traveling for me is probably the priority once, uh, once I retire. Oh, yeah, I love that. I know for me, like you said, uh, the whole remote life, the fact that I could work from literally anywhere, unless I have a, like an event to attend to, but it's awesome. I could be on my phone, on my laptop, sipping coffee at Starbucks or sitting in my living room and I could still get my work done. So that, that's a blessing for sure because I get that, that quality of life that I wasn't getting before. I'm getting it with my family now. A lot of time with my son. Shoot, a lot of time with my son. I know about like two years ago, if you asked my son, do you want mommy or daddy? He always says mommy. And now every day it's like, oh, I want daddy. Uh, I want to cut up with daddy. I want to go walk with daddy. And my mom, uh, you know, mom, uh, my wife, she's over here like, yes, it's my break. And I'm like, shoot, bring him on this way. Cause I didn't get that before. And now I'm getting it. It feels really good. So, but another question as we get close to wrapping it up, the biggest question I'm asking now, which I love it. If you can change your job, change your profession tomorrow, and it could be anything, regardless of what you get paid. Uh, the, the same example I give over and over is if you love McDonald's and you want to be the manager, if you want to flip burgers and that's all you want to do and they, they'll pay you six figures to do it, cool, they're going to do it. So what would be that profession for you? Oh, you know what? I'm wearing right here. I would I would be a pitcher for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Oh, that's awesome. So, get, so I would get it so, so I can, hopefully we can get over the hump. You know, everybody <laughs> makes fun of the Dodgers that we choke all the time and that we didn't win a real world series because it was a COVID world series. Uh, but, you know, I'm a big, I'm a big Dodger fan. So, you know, I would love, you know, those, those moments when you, when you dream and, and you say like, man, if, if I could be a pitcher for the Dodgers, I know it's not going to happen, but if, if miraculously for that question, if I could do that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to have fun going to Phoenix because the Dodgers do their training camp there. So oh, yeah. I'll be able to catch the Dodgers play the Diamondbacks, but, yeah, that that would be for me. Do that, be a be a be a pitcher for the Dodgers. Oh man, that's great. That's great. I like that one. <laughs> awesome. Well, as we as we wrap it up, I'll give you your opportunity. If anybody wants to follow Victor, tell them. Go ahead, Victor. Tell them where they need to follow you, whether it's Instagram or go ahead. Yeah, yeah. If you if you want to reach out to me, like I said, uh, one of the uh, programs I'm actually a board of director for some of the Marines out there who, you know, are Christians and they want to get plugged in. There is a program that I, you know, three years ago, four years ago, almost uh, got got plugged into. It's called Tun Tavern Fellowship. It's a network of Marines throughout the Marine Corps. So people want to get connected with other Marines that are doing Bible studies and, you know, trying to live, you know, for for God and do the right thing. There's there's a network of Marines out there throughout the Marine Corps. So if you want to reach out to me, find out about that program, find out about the Mighty Oaks program and my experiences, reach out to me on Instagram. I'm sure, you know, you're going to tag me um, on my post, but it's just my first name, last name, 8412. Um, I'm on Facebook, uh, LinkedIn. So, yeah, if you want to reach out, find out some about the Mighty Oaks program, Tun Tavern Fellowship program, the network of Marines that we have, uh, definitely uh, reach out to me. And I'm always open to to help anybody and, and provide any type of mentorship or any sort of advice to anybody. Oh, great, great. Now, I do appreciate I know we've been trying to get you on the show for a while between my schedule and your schedule. We finally got it out the way. <laughs> uh, we definitely got to do another yeah. one because we have some great topics that I think we need to cover. But once oh, again, I appreciate sure. it, Victor. Uh, I'll let you know when uh, this episode's getting posted. But uh, thanks for listening to Resilience on the Rocks. We'll catch you on another episode. <laughs>